You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. We got to focus on the Eagles with a great friend of the program, Howard Eskin, sideline analyst, Eagles Radio Network. Howard, if Nick Foles pulls a Jeff Hostetler, wins the Super Bowl as a backup quarterback, clearly he'd be in high demand as a starting quarterback, but he's got another year on his deal in Philadelphia, right? He's not going anywhere. No, he's not going anywhere, and he's better than Jeff Hostetler. So let's just clear that up right now. He is better than Jeff Hostetler. Uh, But he does have another year on his deal, and here's why the Eagles would not trade him, because Carson Wentz is not – they hope he comes back for the beginning of the season, Uh, but I don't think he's going to – you know, we're way ahead of ourselves – play any during training camp. And you just got to be sure that you have a quarterback to start next season. So Nick Foles, when he wins the Super Bowl, will not be going anywhere uh, before next season. Give me the performance of this entire football team, because I, I thought all year, you know, you know how it goes, Howard. You play so well, and of course, you know, everyone holds their breath because you wish they can play this way in the latter part of the season. But it seemed like once the bye week came and Nick Foles played in his first game, everybody was like, ah, this looks pretty good. And then all of a sudden he comes out and just looks like a superhero, so to speak, uh, with this RPO action and, and, and Doug Peterson putting him in position to, to be able to act as if he's handing it off or even throwing the football. And he, he looks like a starter in the National Football League. Give me your take on the overall a view of how this offense actually executed. Well, when you look at the National Football League, he's at least better than half the quarterbacks in the league. So uh, he does look like a starter. This is uh, it's a combination of things, and I think it happened during the bye week before Atlanta when they got to the playoffs. Nick went back and evaluated the things he has done uh, to make himself, uh, to help himself become a quarterback and be a better quarterback and the way he played at times in the NFL. He's actually the only quarterback in his first three playoff games in the history of the NFL that has a hundred plus rating in his first three games. Now one game was a while ago, but obviously the two games he's just played, uh, the count to what he's doing, but Doug Peterson, you mentioned him, Doug Peterson is such a good coach. And I don't think people until maybe now, really gave him the credit he deserves. I mean, I'm standing on the signs. I watch the way he handles himself. And then we all see the, the plays that he calls. Uh, and he puts Nick Foles, <clears throat> put Carson Wentz in good situations, but he puts Nick Foles in great situations. And it, he's done everything right. He's installed plays and used plays that he hasn't used all year because he felt that with Nick he could, he could use them. There's just so many things that have happened. Uh, but uh, Nick Foles has just been so comfortable around on the practice every day. And I just left uh, the Eagles a little while ago. Uh, I'm, I'm around there. I watch how comfortable he is. Uh, I see how confident he is. Uh, everybody believes in him and trusts him, his teammates. That's really big. And I, I think he just is, when he goes out there, and you don't know what's going to happen because this is a Super Bowl, but I honestly don't think anything's going to be different for Nick Foles as far as the magnitude of the game. Uh, they keep on, and each player talks about it, instilling in themselves, it's the next football game. They know it's a Super Bowl, but it's the next football game. And that's the way I think Nick Foles treats it, and that's why I think he handles things so well. 
Getting you ready for the Super Bowl with our pal Howard Eskin, sideline analyst, Eagles Radio Network. Howard, since we're building the legend of Nick Foles, is it true that he contemplated retirement after it didn't work out playing for Jeff Fisher in St. Louis? Yeah, that's what he said. And, you know, you wonder, uh, Nick uh, comes, uh, and I know his family, from a great family. It's not like uh, he needs football in his life. Uh, to be successful because I think he could be successful a lot of things. Now he's not going to make the kind of money he's making in football, but I don't think that's what that has what has driven Nick Falls. But he thought about it. I don't know how serious he was, or I don't know how extensive it was. But you can only play football for so long, and I don't know uh, that he would have if the offers hadn't come along and he hadn't gone to the right teams and. I hadn't gone back with Andy Reid. Who knows what would have happened? But I think he would be playing football because he knows he's confident uh, in his skills. And uh, I saw a quote from something he did with John Gruden in that quarterback camp. And and I'm going to paraphrase now because I don't remember the exact quote, but somebody pulled it out and I saw it somewhere today. And John Gruden says, you know, why should a team take you? And he said, because I'm going to make that team a better football team. So, you know, you're going to say what you have to say, but I think he really believed that back then. And strangely enough, when Doug Peterson was with the Eagles, the Eagles were the only team that went and worked out Nick Falls before the draft. It's kind of thing. It's kind of amazing how what comes around goes around, but that's happened to Nick Falls and the Eagles uh, because of all that were an easy choice for Nick Falls when he decided to sign him before the season. Howard, how important do you think it is to, to make sure that it's a good match personality-wise, uh, coaching style, and then player-wise? How, how big of a match does it, it really matter? It's in the sense of, let's just use it as an example. You have Jay Ajayi, who's in Miami. Uh, Adam Gaze is saying that he don't know what to do with the players or how to convey to them what they need to do. You look at, a, 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 a let's just say, Alshon Jeffries, who, who uh, let's just say, Chicago just threw him away. But yet they come to Philadelphia and they really become a big part of this offense, whether it's with Carson Wentz or it's with Nick Foles. Is it more coaching styles or, or, or it's just, you know, something where the players just respect coaches just a little bit different? What do you think it is? Well, uh, here's what's really uh, kind of interesting. All Sean Jeffrey, I don't know what kind of offers he had as a free agent, but he came here on a one-year contract. Now, he signed a new contract during the season, but there were no guarantees. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt came here on a one-year contract. Chris Long came here on a one-year contract. You know, when you think about, like, why they wanted to come here, uh, and they probably had talked, and everybody knows players from other teams, talked to the players the way they believed in Doug Peterson, uh, the togetherness, and Jay Ajayi obviously had no choice. He was traded, and there was all kinds of talk about that he was disruptive in Miami. I don't know what happened in Miami, but he's not disruptive here. Uh, and I think when he came to the Eagles, there's players on that team that make sure that everybody is on the same page if, in fact, somebody is not. I don't think Jay Ajayi ever got there, but I think you feel it. It is This Eagles team is the team with the best chemistry, and I, and I don't say this lightly, with the best chemistry. I have ever seen with an Eagles football team that I've covered. And I have covered them. I'm only 21 years old, but I've covered them since 1976. <laughs> so, so, but nonetheless, 
it is really, really a together football team. When they went to the last Super Bowl, that was 2004, T.O. was a great player, but he was disruptive. Uh, it was just not a good mix, and he created a division in the locker room, even though they went to the Super Bowl. So when you look back at some of the teams, and there were some good ones and some together ones, no team, none, were as good as this team as far as everybody having everybody's back. And the cliche in sports, next man up, I thought it was all nonsense. It's like, okay, next man, well, he can't be as good if he's a backup. Everybody that stepped in, did a really, really good job, and it, it really, truly is the way it's all happened. It's really kind of amazing. And in 2004, you were merely a teenager. Now you're all grown up. Howard Eskin is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Howard, I don't talk politics on my shows. I think listeners tune into a football show, believe it or not, to hear about football, but you're a renaissance man, so what do you make of Chris Long pointing out this week that the social activism he and Malcolm Jenkins engaged in in no way divided the Eagles this year at all? It didn't divide Eagles because they uh, they believed in not maybe not what they did. Uh, there weren't a lot of people. Malcolm Jenkins didn't kneel, but he raised his, he raised his arm. Uh, whatever it was, uh, they believe them as people. They may not have been on the same page, but it didn't divide them because they were a team on the football field, and what they did around that uh, didn't bother them. But they're good guys, and they really get along, really good guys, and, and they really get along tremendously with their teammates. Chris Long was such a good addition, so they trusted him. If he didn't believe in it, and he only supported Malcolm Jenkins. I don't know that he would have done anything if Malcolm Jenkins didn't raise his arm, but that's it. And then that stopped when the NFL worked out whatever they worked out with the players. I know there were still some players that kneeled. But, no, it didn't divide it because they believe, they believe in each other as people, not just teammates. Because Malcolm Jenkins said it today. He said uh, when they're in the complex, they hang together, they talk, and they hang together outside of the facility, uh, and they're really good. They're friends. There's a lot of guys that are friends with a lot of guys, which doesn't always happen uh, on on a football team. When there's more players on a football team than any other team, and it doesn't. And I, I don't know that it happens as much as it is with the Philadelphia Eagles. But they just trusted and believed in the guys. Maybe not in what they did, but who they are. How's the media now treating Doug Peterson, considering at the beginning they said he was in over his head, that maybe Coach Jim Schwartz should be the head coach or he's walking around like he should be, but give me your take on how everyone is receiving Doug Peterson now, now that he's taking his team to a championship. Well, I'm going to tell you where I think that Jim Schwartz, and I like Jim Schwartz because uh, he's a really good coach, and I get along with Jim. At times he may be a little bit different, but he's a really good coach. And I think he's genuinely a good person uh, in the times that I've been around him. But that started with that fraud Mike Lombardi, who didn't like Doug Peterson. He had an agenda because he initially said he's the least qualified head coach in the National Football League that he's seen in his 30-plus years of football. And then I think he fed somebody a story because he's friends with Jim Schwartz. I thought, I'm not going to hold that against Jim to try to kind of put Jim Schwartz in a position because Mike Lombardi thought that Doug was going to get fired because he didn't think they were going to play well this year. Well, that backfired uh, for Mike Lombardi. I don't, he never liked Andy Reid. 
so, and Doug Peterson came out of that Andy Reid tree, and I think he held it against Peterson because you couldn't rip Andy Reid. So I, I, whatever it was, it was really from a very small part. And uh, the media didn't know enough about Doug, but anybody that's watched him, you know, they watched him last year, and he did a good job. Uh, and But he was a rookie coach with a rookie quarterback. We didn't know he was starting until eight days before the, the first game. So you had to give him a little bit of a pass, and he still won seven games. And he could have, you know, there was a lot of close games. But this year, he's done such a good job, they couldn't find ways to complain. And I think they just climbed on because that was like the thing. Well, Doug's not good enough. Doug's not good enough. But Doug Peterson is good enough. Doug Peterson is really a terrific coach. The situation in uh, the game against Minnesota, it's, I think, 29 seconds before the end of the half. They get the ball back in their territory. I think it was inside the 30. And I'm standing next to people on the sidelines, and they said, oh, he's just going to probably kneel on it and go in the half. I said, he's not kneeling on it. Trust me. There's no way he's kneeling on it. And he went for it, and he got a field goal, which really just ended the game. It made it 24-7. That just put a dagger in the Minnesota Vikings. He's just he's aggressive, but he's smart in his aggression. And he's done a terrific job with play calling, really, really good. And the players all respect him, and they trust him, and they believe in him because he believes in them. You know, that's a cliche, too, but that's really the case with the Eagles. That really is. Howard, always a pleasure. We enjoy the conversations and look forward to chatting with you in person next week on Radio Row in Minnesota. I'll be out there. Uh, good to, you know, I think there's a team going out there. I believe gonna, so. But more importantly, you'll be there. Howard, how many Super Bowls have you covered now, roughly? This will be my 38th Super Bowl. Again, I'm only 21 years old, so I did it before <laughs> I was even born. <laughs> Defying the laws of physics and math. Thank you, Howard. We'll see you next week. <laughs> see you guys later. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.